queen. Are you ready to conquer the world while conquering people's hearts? To touch the soul of everyone that comes into touch with you and leave them at least 1% better? To step into your highest, most extraordinary version through learning about the things that truly matter when leading your empire? Then I warmly welcome you to the Queen of Hearts podcast. My name is Yasmin, call me YOYB, and I develop the human behind the label CEO. So without further ado, have a seat on your throne, let's dive into today's juice and make you a queen of hearts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm so, so excited because in front of me, I have a beautiful, beautiful fellow German queen sitting, smiling at me and glowing. <laughs> and I would normally introduce people as you know me but with Hannah it's a bit different because we don't even know each other that deeply so <laughs> I can only tell you what I know so far what I've seen and what I felt from her and as far as I have seen this Hannah is a fellow coach and not only a coach she is probably deeper into this discipline than most of you are counting years of life. <laughs> um, I'm very, very excited for this interview because wherever I see senior coach or master coach or years of experience, my heart just beams and I'm like, yeah, yeah, so inspiring. Because you know me, I love the coaching topic so much. So Hannah, I would actually invite you to drop a few lines about you and tell the audience who you are, why you fell in love with coaching maybe even, and what kept you doing this for such a long time. Thank you so much. I'm actually so super excited being in the Queen of Hearts uh, podcast, especially as I saw that this is quite a new one. And I'm not sure, but I think I'm the second or third uh, in the English interview. So I feel super honored. I'm really grateful. And you're glowing uh, so much. So it's just a bliss and a joy to be here, to be in that vibration. So thank you for having me, first of all. Um Yeah, I am a senior coach and you said uh, I maybe should tell a little bit about like how I fell in love with coaching and I really feel it is kind of the opposite. I feel like coaching has has like we have found each it's like it's like such a deep love and I feel like a coach ever since I have been 12, 13, like in a really, really uh, early state um, of being a teenager even and um yeah it, it got stuck with me I I without knowing coaching I mean you are also from Germany so you do know that coaching has not been a term um unless I don't know 2000 and I don't I don't I, maybe 2015 but before it was like of course you could have entered that bubble especially from America and stuff but in in Germany especially in Europe, you would actually connect the word coaching, the term to sport, to training, to basketball, to such things, right? Um, so I had no clue that I was a coach um, all my life and I feel that I am something like that. And I always felt I need to go that way. I need to do that. I got the feedback that I got talking to people, strangers, friends, no matter what, was always extraordinary. And it was always so mind-blowing that I I did struggle with really taking that to me because, of course, you know, you learn in society not to be arrogant and not to, you know, it, it, at least I have grown up like that. 
And so I tried to kind of humble walk that way without knowing which way it actually was. And I came across, you know, therapy, psychologists, and, and nothing of it really, really got me. I, I felt, yeah, it's the direction. It's the right direction. But I'm not that. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Um, what is it? What is it that I shall do? And I didn't found it. I, I did I did coach uh, already um, without really having the term. And I found myself being a social worker then. Because that is where I actually had the freedom to to do coaching without um, having any boundaries. So I I really (laughs) I actually got into the most heavy social work area ever. I in 2007 I started to um, work in a social home where people would suffer from really heavy um, personality disorders such as borderline and stuff. Um, so 70% of our clients have been suffering from really, really heavy um, BPD and and similar dis- uh, disorders. And I would have three, four, five one-on-ones every single day. And I got some um, trainings, you know, in systemic counseling and, and consulting and stuff like that. And psychology, like it was amazing that I could soak in some more trainings that would actually serve me. And in the same moment, I had no one really, which is not just good, but I did not have anyone supervising me saying, this is how it works. This is how it goes. But for me, it was good because I already felt so profoundly comfortable in coaching people so I could just do it and to do that with these people who actually suffered from they had mostly like really heavy drug history and and like really very heavy stories that I have came across in a social home um and I always wondered why colleagues of mine would quit that shop after two weeks, after two months. And I I did that for almost a decade. I had like this really kind of heavy job. And I always wondered why is it that I love it so much? And I, I'm not thinking about quitting, but I did always felt this one voice in my head that said, that's not it. That's not it. But, you know, if you work in a social area, we all have this one big weakness it's called social being social right because you have these people that kind of need you uh and that really yeah it's it's such it's such a good job to do right it's so you you really get to serve in a profound way so it i told myself the story which many people tell themselves staying in a job that is not really their job which was they need you. And that was, of course, bullshit. That was, of course, bullshit. They don't need me. Um, but yeah, I, I kept telling myself that um, until I should finish another training. And my boss said, well, when you finish that, um, you get um, a, a, a raise, like a financial raise, right? And uh, I really wanted that because in social area, you're getting paid like not, a, not, not good, not well. So I was really looking forward to finish that next training um, to be better and and whatever, right? And I did that and I finished, I accomplished that. And I had this meeting with my boss and I said, yeah, I now want to have my my my, my, my income raise, right? Um, and he was looking at me and he said, 
oh, you know, you did so well. Like, it's amazing how you finished that training. Unfortunately, the company cannot afford a raise right now. And I, I, I sat there, I was crying. I, I'm a crier. I cry all the time. Um, so I cried, um, but I was really strong in my voice and in my inner goddess. And I just said to him, you know what, you, you, you might think that um, you can. No, no, actually, the, the words were. OK, if that is what you if that's your answer, if you can't um, pay me better, I have to quit. And he was like, oh, yeah, I understand that. And it was like, you know, playing it cool. And I said, yeah, um, you might think that you can um, like substitute me, like uh, get, just, you know, getting another person doing that job. But I have seen it 10 years, you know, like people are quitting all the time. So I was like the old horse there. And yeah, I walked off. And the next day I got a letter with the confirmed actual raise payment raise that I have been asking for. That was not not something that he could afford the day before. And I just, I tore it apart and I, I did quit. I did quit. I was like, no, that's not how you treat me. I And the other voice in my head was like, yeah, now you can spread your wings. Now you can actually lead the business that you're always meant to, to be and to have. So I started my business in that very moment, my very own business. But I felt already after a decade of working every single day with such beautiful souls that had this very heavy disorders, I felt so comfortable in doing this and being a coach. And I got into trainings and I got my own coaches and I did master and I did like all this apprenticeship that I felt I that helped me to really step into my truth. And it really quickly happened that I got to train coaches. Like my own coaches were like, you have to do this. This is like what you're meant to do. You are already, they called me a master coach. I never re related to that term. And I think that's not a bad thing. I love when someone says I'm a master coach. I am, I'm striving for them. I'm cheering up. Um, but somehow it always felt a bit, it, 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 it never catched my heart. And one day someone said, yeah, you were a senior consultant and just telling the story. And I was like, wait, wait, there was something that was so me. And it was the term of senior coaching. And that that's like the, the short but long story on how I fell in love with coaching and, and yeah, how I kept doing this. Yeah. So, so, so inspiring. And as we don't know each other that deeply yet, it was completely new for me to hear that as well. And I love it so much. And I, it's so crazy. Before we started this interview to everyone who's listening, I was pointing out at Hannah's backdrop and I was like, oh, I see a fellow spiritual queen here because she has this this cushion, this pillow cushion with the moons on it. I see spiritual sculptures in the background, oracle decks, I think even crystals over there. So that was like, ooh, I I instantly vibe with you and your aesthetics and obviously with your with your soul. And it's so crazy. Everyone that I invite, everyone that I talk two has so many synchronicities with me you said you didn't even like chose coaching because 
you didn't even knew it existed back then. Yes. It somehow found you. And when you said that, I had this full body goosebumps because I did an exact post on that in, let me see, May 16th, 2022. I pulled it up because I wanted to, I was like, wait, there was something that I posted back then. And this posting says, I didn't choose coaching to hop on a profitable trend. I didn't even choose coaching. Coaching chose me. Yes. Like these were my exact words. And this is like what, what you said when you started introducing yourself. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. That's so, so, so crazy. And I love every part of your story. I love how much resilience you showed through talking about your story, how much people can be inspired by you holding on, not in a way of, oh my God, I'm afraid to lose it, but holding on from a place of, I love it so much. And I feel so comfortable doing it. And also with this heaviness that your job brought up, you feeling so, so confident and comfortable in leading those people, guiding those people, coaching those people and helping them actually. That's so, so inspiring. So, so impressive. And I can't wait to dive deeper with you. I found you because, and that's also why I wanted to bring you on here. I found you through an ad of yours and I just saw your name and I was like, okay, that, that doesn't sound like English. <laughs> and I was like, I'm curious. And then I saw what you posted. It was something like, um, well, you were, let, let me pull out this post so I can yes. read it to the audience and tell everyone. Oh yeah. That's a juicy one. Yeah. Um, so the headline has been the lost magic of coaching. And you said in a world where the glittering promise of quick financial success and material wealth has become all too seductive, the coaching industry has lost its sight, has lost sight of its true purpose. And I was like, finally, someone who speaks it out, who gets it. I want to know more about you. And that also led to me hopping onto your page, following you, coming into contact with you. So let us talk a little bit about what you find so magical um, in coaching and what, per your definition, is the true magic and essence of coaching. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Um so, well, if I would say it in my very own words, I would say that coaching um, in itself means uh, to partner on an eye level and to reveal someone's truth by being the best mirror that you can be. So that is what I see is the essence. And it actually can um, bring profound healing. But it's the, I, I don't use that term very often because healing is kind of... Um, it kind of belongs into, especially when we go into like the German law, it definitely belongs to, you know, therapy and everything that is in this medical treatment area. Um, but from all the years that I now train, especially my, my, my main purpose, what I do is that I train coaches, I help them building their own houses, right? And I think that is what coaching um, can provide is to really unleash your truth and what it you know you don't hire a coach um for like five figures which which is a very i would say that's kind of the range if you hire a good coach you're in a five-figure investment that's that's i would say i would call it basic right um and you don't pay five figures to you know get a tutorial um so 
And I'm not saying, you know, I I I have this uh, this uh, guide uh, where you can see what's the difference between mentoring, coaching, and teaching, um, because I definitely think that as coaches we can do all that. We can coach, we can mentor, we can teach, we can do all those things, but not to know the essence and the to understand the depth of coaching and the profound essence that it that it that it has and that it um, spreads that it actually provides for the client um, creates, especially for the coach. And then of course, for all the clients that come into such a space where a coach doesn't really know about the essence of it creates insecurity. It creates um, this many coaches that come to me that have this not really knowing what coaching is, but they wanted to be a coach. They have this um, day, they, compensate this not knowing through over delivering solutions and over delivering with i know what like i'm i can tell you which way you have to walk and i can give you the blueprint and the step by step um and that sometimes leads to almost short lasting results and stuff um, but it doesn't lead to what coaching can actually provide, which is only the truth of you, of the person who sits across me, no matter if online or on my moon throne, which is actually the name of the chair that is in the background. Um, and yeah, I think to really understand what is coaching and to um, to really get yourself into a very secure and safe and confident state of who you are as a coach because this is the second part of coaching coaching in itself is an essence it's there you can actually take it on but that doesn't make you a a, a good coach to know who you are like what is your essence actually you have to be a, a, a real good client before you can be a real good coach um at least in a state where i would where I would hire someone, right? I'm not saying that I get some fire emojis here. I love that. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, huge sister, huge sister. I don't want to interrupt you, right? So that's why I'm shooting all yeah. these emojis when I'm interviewing people. Quick tip for you also. If you interview someone and you don't want to interrupt their flow, just use the Zoom emoji reactions and then give them some like affirmation, confirmation, whatever it is, because hell to the yes. I <laughs> Like become a, you have to be a great client because before you become a great coach that is so true and I'm going to let you say the rest that you want <laughs> to say but I just wanted to say amen sister really amen sister yes 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 I'm yeah I mean I uh, I, I love the fire emotion I had never had this in an interview I did some and, and this is so cool I really love it um, I get really hyped when people shoot me, you know, hearts and whatever, um, because it is just a resonance from the outside and you feel, you know, that you're accepted and loved and liked. And I wanted to stress that out because becoming who you are and standing up for yourself, showing up, building your own desire, whatever that means, it doesn't have to be even like becoming a coach or whatever really does not mean to let go of the fear of being rejected that is strong bullshit if someone tells you i i'm i don't care at all yeah well maybe they have come to a point where they tell themselves that this is true but i i can tell you through all the experience that i i have told myself that i have been on the 
at the point where I said, I don't care like if someone doesn't like me, I do care. Um, that, can I change it? No. Do I like everyone? No. So I learn, I, I actually, every day I practice to being loved with failing, with being rejected and with being loved and liked. So of course, my heart jumps when I see people liking me, when I see people loving me, when I see people not rejecting me. That that actually is a very healing experience. And it will never take away of the pain when someone rejects me, when someone writes a bad comment, when someone um, whatever does that feels pain, that, that, that creates that rejecting and abandonment part of we all know how it feels in our very own individual experience and so these emojis i think they're quite important to talk about in that meaning that yeah it's completely fine if you're afraid of being rejected and abandoned because it's a real thing and we, it will never end it, it doesn't has to end but we can shift our focus and when i allow myself to feel I feel this emoji, right? I feel the love that you give to me. And so I grow inside. And I think that is beautiful to just slow down in that moment and to really, you know, I'm so grateful for that. So, so beautifully put. And I love that you're bringing this up, that this resonance from the outside creates growth on the inside, reassurance on the inside that plants seeds for your inner confidence plants and blooms to to grow right and in this industry i feel like it has become so unsexy and a trait of a quote-unquote loser when you don't feel completely confident on yes. the inside and desire some cheering and support on the outside so so many quote-unquote leaders are going out there and shouting from the rooftops um how confident you have to become from from the from the inside and i'm not i'm not excluding myself i said that myself um and i still am a strong believer of you have to like really grow strong roots inside of you yeah. for me personally that doesn't exclude just having a great feeling when some someone from the outside reassures you or when you're at a low in your personal life or in your career or wherever that you that it just like let's not lie it feels fucking great to be yes. on the outside it feels amazing to have a circle of supportive peers or sisters or friends or colleagues or whoever who just give you a little like heads up when you need it and when you desire it. So let's dive into that a bit because I mean you're 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 a treasure of wisdom and years of experience and I would love your take on that. Um as we already like talked about it's totally 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 okay to desire some resonance and reassurance from the outside. Uh what would you say how do you become confident quote unquote, without that or from the inside then? So I would reframe it in that way that I would say um, I celebrate if positive resonance comes from the outside. Um, do I long for it? Of course. Do I need it? No. Um, and the no is not a, it's not a full we because we 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 are we get this resonance so what i mean is that yeah we do need it in a way of like oh, humans always had to be liked and loved in order to survive if you would not have been liked and loved back then in human history you would have been dead you would have frozen to death you would have been eaten you have uh, would have been 
you know, like beaten up by uh, another male, whatever. Um, so it was not safe not to be liked, loved and accepted. So it is deeply rooted in us. So we kind of need to be liked, loved and accepted. Um, but we do get that. We get that the moment we see it in ourselves. So the deeper uh, answer to how we grow this in us is uh, that we see ourselves. That is the profound work that I, as a senior coach, offer that coaching in itself offers. I help you to see yourself. And there is no freaking human being on this whole planet who can sit across me and I'm not going to see the most amazing human being ever. Um, and, and I am absolutely able to mirror that back to you in your words, in your ways, in your channel. So that is that is something that is there. I don't have to make it up. I don't have to lie to you to for you to see your greatness. I just have to be a real good coach and to mirror you so you can see your freaking self in the light that you are already shining. And when you accept that, when, when you see that, you can start this very profound journey of healing where you start to... Um, well, you start to reveal triggers, where you work with triggers, where you shift internally, where you shift outside, where you create healthy, strong, new experiences, and then go ahead and ahead and ahead, because in healing never ends. Don't trust anyone who says, I am healed, and I show you how to heal, um, because I, I'm healing myself. Um, and and I, don't, I think confidence is more like toothbrushing. You just, you just decide to do it. If you like it or not, you just decide to do it. You decide to show up. You decide. My Instagram is super new. It's a baby. I'm a senior coach. I feel like a senior coach. My Instagram feels like a newborn. Like I'm a mom of an, of an Instagram account that is like a baby. It's the complete opposite of my internal feeling of being a senior coach. So I, I'm vulnerable. It, it's completely uh, an exciting journey to allow myself to start with zero followers, um, to actually really stand up in um, what I feel wants to be shown and, and how I want to serve. Um, but not to forget that no matter where we are in our journey, we are always going to uh, have to put ourselves through new healing experiences to really create a strong, I would not even use the word confidence, but to, to know our fundament, to know like we cannot, if we try to build a house without really, you know, taking care, slowing down in the fundament, in the basement and all that stuff, this is going to be a shaky house. It's going to be super windy. It's going to, you don't have boundaries. You know, there are no doors. Someone can go into your house. You make them coffee, you make them tea, you talk to them and they just come in and out whenever they want. So really having a strong fundament, knowing who you are, dating yourself, slowing down, creating new healing exercises um, is absolutely profound for anybody to to live a life where you feel you're coming from home, right? I could listen for a couple of more hours. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, leaned back and I'm in my chair and it just feels like 
when my mom, when I was a child, read me a good night story, you know, it was like just this, this pure pleasure of listening, pure, like evoking of emotions and pictures in my mind, just listening to you talking about the things you love, talking about the things you're a master at. And I so vibe with the point of, do I long for it? Yes. Do I need it? No. And that was like, Yo, you should you should definitely post a quote on that. Like, take <laughs> write that down, or I'm going to remind you that you're going to make a post out of that because that's so so good, so 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 important. And if you have a client sitting in front of you who is this bomb of greatness, and you see that, and I know it myself. Like when there are clients in front of you, and you're, you're just like, "Wow, I wish you would see yourself the way I see you right now." Like I wish, I wish you would recognize all the things that I I adore in you, right? On the internal, on on the external. Um, and when this client doesn't feel safe or capable to accept the fact that they don't actually need something on the outside. How do you proceed with that client? Like, how do you coach your clients through that when you feel like they're very, very like, quote unquote, tough nuts to crack? So first of all, I love, 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 love this question. Um, and second of all, I, I don't have a real answer to that, but I, I have an answer. I just give it to you. Um, uh, so the, why I say I don't have a real answer is because you 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 needed to be my client right now in order to get the answer, because it's it's a hundred answers to a thousand answers to it. But what I can share around this is that um, I once had a woman exactly using the words that you just used. She was like, um, yeah, I want all that. And I am a hard nut to crack. Right. So there were her words. And I and I was just like, I'm not with me. Like, I'm not doing that. If you want to be a hard nut, that's I'm not like I'm not doing this. So I'm not if someone <laughs> booms. <laughs> so if someone comes with this attitude, I get you, I get you, okay? So you are amazing. But in order to be coached, at least by this space that I offer, um, you got to be willing to drop that idea. So I'm going to give you something to, if you want to work on that, if you want to go through that. But I'm not your nutcracker. If you want to be seen by me, if you want to see yourself through me, you got to come with this, at least with this will that you are not that hard to crack. So that is maybe one of the things that that I can say around that. Um, but you know, I mean that that's why I love coaching. And and sometimes I struggle to do social media content because I need to be activated. I can I can give you all the wisdom that that is is be that that's been longing for right now. But when I'm not activated, I, I very, it, it happens to me that I, that I start to have these thoughts like, what should, like, what is it that, that people want? Like this kind of target group question, this marketing questions, they, and they are not bad. They are quite serving, uh, depending on the situation and the people. But for me, it's not serving. It puts me into a state where I'm, it's not my place to be. So I try to create my content now with my new baby Instagram account from that place of only coming from being activated beforehand by an interview, by a client, by whatever, by live. And never, it, it never worked for me. I tried it with different accounts and stuff. 
where I try to create content from, you know, like, what do they need? What can I offer? And, and I think it's really helpful for some. For me, it's the opposite. It takes away from the wisdom that I can offer. Um, so, so yes, but I, you, you mentioned something that I think I can share something um, that could maybe be meaningful to, to others. I don't know. We, we will figure out when you shared about your um, childhood. Um, when I was a child, um, I have experienced, I've grown up in a very uh, poor, under very poor circumstances. I have four siblings and my parents would uh, con constantly fight, argue. Um, um, there was a lot of alcohol and stuff. So it was a very heavy um, surrounding to be a kid in. Um, but that was not the main issue. It was actually that we very often just did not have any food. And I was very used to um, knock on neighbors' doors to ask for some money or groceries to buy some good, like money for groceries or if they would actually have a milk or whatever. So we could prepare any kind of food. Um, and that was my childhood experience. So it was a, a common thing that we would buy some groceries. And I remember standing with my mom at the cashier um, wanting to pay and the card was declined. And it was a normal procedure to me to see and to experience that we have to leave all the groceries at the store because we couldn't pay for it. Um, so my money mindset that I have grown up in was really damaged and really uh, like it was scarcity, pure scarcity. Um, and I, I am, uh, I'm the breadwinner of my family since 2015. I provide for my family. My daughter is five now. So, um, that is something that I'm, I am proud of, but I'm also, uh, humble that I'm able to do this. And when you see my past and that I'm stable in my income and being able to provide for my family, there is this, okay, how, how did this happen, right? And I want to say one thing about this whole money mindset. Um, it never stops. You will never, at least I never met anybody that truthfully would say that. You will never have full security money-wise because it comes and goes. And you can be a seven-figure, eight-figure. You can listen to Elon Musk on his struggles and you can like if you like him or not that's not the point that i don't care but if you listen to him and his struggles there's this one story where he shares that he like one of his struggles was he had i don't know like 60 million only left and he had to decide whether he puts it in two companies or in one whether he lets one die or not and the comments uh, down this video were like, oh my God, I wish I had your problems and stuff like that. So, and I get that. I get all the comments. But what it shows is that this financial security is, it's kind of a mystic uh, path. But what we can do is we can heal this journey that we all have. And um, I have been faced with big numbers at the first time for myself when I um, 
when I lived uh, for, uh, at my, like uh, when I uh, moved out from my parents and stuff. And the very first time I remember was devastating to me when I faced big numbers. It was actually when I have been at a dentist. And I have not been taken care as a kid of my, on my teeth. My parents didn't really care. And so at this point, um, at, I don't know, 19, I, I had on the outside, my teeth looked quite normal, but there was a lot of damage and stuff that had to be done. And so they did this, um, estimation, this cost estimation. And I got it as a letter and it broke completely down. I was, crying i felt that i would lose everything uh, our house like the house of my parents i grew up in was taken by the bank like there was that happened a lot of stuff um that just would show how profound this lack of financial abundance would be in my life and when i had this letter in my hand from the dentist i broke down i was crying so badly and i really felt that i cannot survive i'm it, it, it took me, I don't know, two weeks to come out of that state. And I even can feel it now. And the reason why I feel it now is because I have been at the dentist three, four days ago. And I, again, got a cost estimation because the last time I did a lot of things was a decade, like 10 years ago, I got things done again. Um, and now I got another cost estimation for things that have to re re be redone. And I cried. I sat there at the chair. The dentists were around me. And I sat there and I was like, I'm a grown up 37 year old woman. I'm a senior coach. I'm helping people. And I sit there and I'm crying because I feel still this little child in me that is longing for healing and that is longing for being uh, being safe in whatever you do. And the beautiful thing is that this time it took me a day, a day where I really slowed down i i gave myself love i gave myself um i i read my dedication which is a document uh, of my essence and i read it to myself and i connect to everything that stands that is written there um and i can feel how resourceful i am i can feel how much um my emotion emotions are being taken care of by slowing down by breathing activating the vagus of all these things right and and then i think about my daughter and how she grows up and i'm just so immediately in a state of gratitude and in a state of i see that things are have been changed i see that she never, ever has had the experience that I have had money-wise and, and also behind the money, right? So I'm not done with healing. I never will be. And I, I'm i a grown-up woman crying at the dentist because I want to still heal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have tears in my eyes. And thank God my contact lenses are preparing them from running out. <laughs> I just did my makeup. <laughs> so, so touching. And I just wanted to so deeply thank you for being so, so vulnerable in here in front of a woman also that you barely know. So I, I totally vibe with that. I'm the same every time in the past weeks when when I met new people they always mentioned oh my god you're such an open book like you're you're laying out your whole life in front of me and all of your vulnerabilities and everything and I, every time I was like yeah well 
I just don't vibe with this in transparency thing or approaching people or meeting people and then being like, oh, I have trust issues. I cannot, I, I better not share too much or whatever. And I find it so beautiful that you shared the story. And at the beginning of the interview, you said, yeah, well, five figures for good coaching is basic. Like yeah. what a journey, right? I love it, love it, love it. Um, you mentioned your dedication, a document yeah. of can you elaborate on that what is that what how how can you create one um give us all the juice yes so um okay so basically this kind of document uh carries i am statements which is not a new thing many many coaches work with it um one of the main ones where people i guess know it also from is steve hardison the ultimate coach from arizona um, but many, many others. Um, I think I'm I'm not into the landmark forum, but I do know that they also work with I, I mean it's a basic thing to work with affirmations. Um, and this is kind of how you can start to imagine what it is, but it is something very, very different <laughs> in its depth. Um, so I, how it would go usually is that. I would ask you, um, give me one, maybe you, if you feel open, you can just give me one of the IMs where you feel this is catching you uh, at some point in your daily life and you don't like something that is, I would like call it a painful thought, a limiting belief or like anything that is from your past that you feel like, oh, it, that still comes into my life. And you would say it's like an I am, I am whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, I would say my greatest pain. <laughs> She's bold coming with the greatest pain. <laughs> yeah, we are here. We are listening. Let's do it. You know, I again, I don't vibe with this holding back or making secrets or whatever. I feel like every one of us is human. And why the F would you act as if you were a robot without yeah. like with only good feelings programmed in. That's such a BS thing. I also fell for in the past and in coaches, but I would say I healed that. Yeah. But yeah, so my greatest um, pain or challenge is around this identity level belief of I'm too small because yeah. I've always been like the youngest in the room. I've always been called naive or dumb or like you're running through life with hard and rosy eyes and you don't see the reality as it is. And like this, this from above, like, Caressing my head kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, so, so I am too small is like this statement, right? Or, or I mean, what comes with that is also like this thing of, I don't know enough. I'm not enough. Like I, I'm not far enough in some way. Because it feels like when you're the youngest or the smallest all the time and you feel like that, it feels like you're behind all the time. Yeah. So I'm behind. Maybe I'm behind. Yeah. Okay. So now I could say, okay, your your kind of painful thought um, is the I am behind. I am not enough. I am too small. All that. We just put it in one box. So now from a state of your ego, just give me one sentence that would be on the opposite. Any kind of affirmation like from an ego state, you, so you don't go inward to just give me anything that is on the opposite of um, I'm not enough, I'm too small and all that I'm behind. What is anything that you could think of um, that could be a positive opponent to that? From the ego. Um, 
I'm the best. I'm the number one. Okay, I'm the number one. That's good. So that is basically what um, what is being done uh, in the ID shifting world, where we create a document or a statement, I am statements, affirmation for ourselves. We we check in. Sometimes we don't even check in with the negative thoughts, which everything's fine. Like um, you do you, and I just share what I do. Um, and but if you work with the negative thoughts like we just did, this is how it usually happens. You think about okay, what could serve me? What would be helpful in supporting me? And I ask you consciously to come from a state of ego because I know you're a coach who can feel deeply, and I don't want you to do this for that um, uh, manner right now. Uh, so I'm the number one would be um, a sentence, a statement that would support you in your daily life. You would have all these reminders, reminders, and it definitely could help you on a deep level. But here's how I do it and what I like to do it. So I hope I don't know if this if you as the audience can follow us along. If you want, you can pause right now, get your own negative thought and you just follow along with us. And I gave give my best to you know, guide you through that um, just with words because it's it's not that easy for me as I'm not a native English speaker, but we will get there. Um, so yeah, pause now, find your negative. Yeah. If, if you need some, I would say help, uh, just say it in German and I'll translate it then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, find your negative thought pause here and now we just go ahead with um the way i do it and that's just a very brief version of the whole thing um so i need you to for this moment slow down to breathe slowly and to lean back yes oh no you should see her she is like getting getting juicy with herself and Close your eyes and stay in this inner self and just really anchor into the space where you are at right now. And breathe a little bit more, so exhale more slow than inhaling. So the exhaling really takes some time. And now relax every single muscle that you can catch. The muscles on your eyes, on your cheeks, your tongue, everything. Relax with any with every breath you're taking. Relax into yourself, knowing that you're safe, knowing that you're loved, knowing that you're beautiful in and outside. And now I want you to intuitively take your hand and start to form an infinity, like this line eight, wherever you feel your body. Just form this infinity. You can use one finger, two, your full hand. It's completely up to you. And doing this infinity, you imagine a red color stream that you move by breathing through this infinity. So you breathe and you move that red stream through that infinity. And now you just very neutrally drop this sentence of I'm behind I'm too small. You just drop it into the infinity and you move it. And you're still being relaxed and soft and beautiful, trusting yourself, slowing down. And now I just invite you to repeat this, the, the phrases that I say or just use your own words. 
I love myself. I love myself. I'm so grateful for this experience. I'm so grateful for this experience. I forgive myself for having bought into all these beliefs for too long. Forgive myself for having bought into all these beliefs for so long. And I forgive everybody that has brought this into my life, these beliefs. I am really in forgiveness to all these people who have been part giving me these beliefs. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I know that you all have also suffered from this very belief. I forgive you, I forgive myself. I forgive you and I forgive myself. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Now move the gratitude with this dream, this color stream, and let the color now shift into a green spectrum, whatever green you see. It really doesn't matter. It's your, your color. You let it change. And you feel and you see a new truth that actually is a very old truth, but it has been really good hidden behind these other beliefs. And you just move your infinity until you see and hear the words, the I am, that is the real truth about who you are and always have been. And I invite you to just repeat, I am, and then just wait and see and speak it out the moment you have it. I am. I am. And you move and you see the green, you smell the green, the green is everywhere. I am. I am. Do it as long as you need to see the statement, the truth on who you are. I am. I am. And be bold enough to trust yourself to speak it out loud. Trust that this is the truth of who you are deep down. I am. I am. Extraordinary. Yes. <laughs> when you got it, you come back, you write it down, and what happens really often, you stay in your softness, doing some stretches, whatever you feel, you write down your truth. And when you do write that down, what happens very often, a whole freaking essay of who you are pops up. <laughs> so the dedication is exactly what we did. And why this statement of I am extraordinary is so much more empowering to you than I am the number one is because it creates it's created from a felt sense experience. And a felt sense experience is what changes lives. It's not to know how we can do things. We don't need more information as clients. We need our truth. We need a somatic experience. We need empowerment within this truth. And 
this dedication is something that I part by part do with clients, no matter if they want to become their own best coach um, during the apprenticeship, but also when they want the life guiding guidance and who they are. Um, that is something that is just, it creates a beautiful depth on who you are, who you wanted to be, or who you want to identify with. And I have just one statement in my dedication that says, um, I am that I forgive often and fast, especially myself, my husband, and my daughter, because this is who I want to be. Am I that all the time? No, that's why it's written there. Because it reminds me of, I have committed to that. This is what I feel is the real truth behind it. And I read it so many times a day. Um, but every time I read it, I enter a level of feeling home and, and really being myself. And it keeps me in a very, like, that's not easy shit, right? We are talking bold steps we are talking on saying sorry when everything in you says no you're fucking hurt you should now you are the one who is you have all right to be hurt right now okay now what now how does this help me to be hurt right and and this this whole dedication and basically it's a result of my own coaching and it's it's a result of who i am um it just helps me to uh to come home every day a bit more and not to listen to the past, which is a really good advisor. And you will be advised by your past if you don't choose another advisor. That's how, how we, how we function um, on a neutral, like on a, on a uh, brain level. So, so beautiful. And thank you for taking me and all the listeners on this beautiful journey into our personal dedication. I mean, <laughs> when we started this, to everyone who's listening, I never plan my interviews. Like I have an idea of where I desire to go with people or what the like first question is that I want to ask. But from there, everything is intuitive and we're really co-creating this whole thing. And this was an overall deeply genius and also interactive conversation on great coaching high level coaching i would love 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 to end this interview with the final question yes uh, zoning in for a moment into what you said and what i totally 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 sign up for as well is like you have to be a great client before you are a great coach and what's in your eyes makes a great client and if you see or feel like someone has potential to be a quote-unquote better client how do you guide them give us a little like overview okay i'm diving into that question and i like it mm. so um well being a, a good client it, it's nothing that i have like i I'm a holistic coach, so whenever someone wants to build up their business, I, I'm diving at, into anything that that screams at me, um, and you know, I think client and like coaching is is just it's a it's a very human growing path experience. So it's hard to put this into professional terms, um, but. 
I think it just happens because I see where you hide. I see where you're not living what you want to live. And it has nothing to, to do with what I think what you could live. It's just you come with your compass. You set the compass. My responsibility as a coach is not creating results. My responsibility is your compass and to make sure that we are always have like heading into the direction of your compass and not making it my journey um, with you. So you are you're leading this journey. And if you feel like I'm not a good client or if I I never have this thought, oh my, this person is not can be a better client. I might have, I might want to no, it, it's it's just really the truth is that you can definitely work for yourself on being a good and better client by thinking about what is important for you as a coach and then to see how are you doing with this right I know and I do do have like um documents and guides for the coaches that I train onto that but I really that's the last thing that I give them I want I they have to jump into the cold water doesn't matter if you're a therapist if you have been coaching for 30 years or plus um I I have have like beginners from coming from zero, knowing that they want to do it. And I have therapists work doing this for so many years and already have a coaching business then, but they all have to go the same way. They all have to start doing what they want to do. And I supervise them and I see where we have to start. I see where to go into. And just then when they know who they are, when they have built their fundament, they get like the kind of so-called, uh, golden rules in coaching and reflecting and being a good client, being a good coach. Um, so I might in the future will write a post on this and, and and provide some nuggets when I get some clarities, because the, the, the struggle that I face right now is, um, of course, I want to say something smart, want to give something to the audience, right? But on the other hand, I know that it can be so harmful to give something that I don't feel aligned with and that I feel like it can be used uh, for, like, it, it can just be used as another excuse to say, oh, I have to work on that. No, you freaking have to work on what you feel is, in, is, is facing you right now. And it's probably not a how to be a good client. Yeah. So, so much for being so open and honest about that. What I would distill from what you said, and you can confirm if you align with that, is yeah. definitely, and I think that's an, I would say, indirect answer to my question is to be willing to face what's present for you. Yeah, right? absolutely. Not to, run, not to run away from it, not to hide from it, and not from the beginning on put blinders on or build up a wall where you circle around in an identity that's dysfunctional in a coaching experience, journey, relationship, whatever. Like you, you mentioned, you're not, you're not the coach for someone who wants to hold on to the belief that they're hard not to crack. Yeah. Basically, right. So coachability in the sense of being willing and open to face what's present and being willing and open to absolutely openly and honestly get mirrored what you see in your clients. Yeah, I 100% without anything, I agree fully. Um, and I mean, it all starts with getting to know who you are. And I, I do launch something great. It's called the 11 dates. You're the first to know. Never shed this anywhere, not even on my account. And the 11 dates is just a 
it's a 22 euro journey to get to know who you are. So if you want to do anything towards getting to know who you are, just, you know, stay tuned. We start the launch in a few, on Friday, we start the launch and offering is 11 days after because it's 11 dates. But yeah. Katie, thank you for dropping this bomb and today for everyone listening because this interview will obviously not go live today. Today is Monday, the 23rd of January. So you start launching on 27th is the 27th. first day. Yeah, I don't, I'm not the best calculator when I'm <laughs> thinking in my head about when, when they like... <laughs> On which day are we going to um, upload this episode? But you have the dates, listeners. Stay tuned. I mean, I will link all your socials either way, Hannah. So don't worry. We'll definitely, definitely jump over to you. And the final question that I end every interview with, Hannah, in your view, what makes or defines a queen of hearts? Oh, those final questions. It's again like, say something smart. A, a really beautiful woman that I love, she's a friend of mine, also coach Vera, once said in an interview on a final question that she feels so like I need to provide now something that is sounding real good, right? And she then just let go of it. And I have learned so much from it. So I'm going to answer this from a space of inside and closing my eyes. And a queen of hearts makes a queen of hearts um, as she comes from unconditional love and a desire to create more of that, I'd say. Yes. Beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. Mm, thank you so much for this past. It was an hour, I guess. I think it was... Yeah, almost an hour. So, so many wisdom bombs and drops. Thank you also for this interactive tool that you use. I've never been coached on my po podcast. But here we I love that. And it's called TIS. So the method that I'm using is called TIS, the infinite shift. If you come across my stuff, you will face the TIS term quite often. That's perfect. Thank you so, so much. Again, I will link all the things, all the links to your socials. People can find you. People will find you. I recommend highly, highly, highly to visit Hannah on Instagram or wherever you're um, present. You can send me all the links via Instagram DM. And okay. I so, so, so much hope to talk to you soon again, because it's very, very enriching. Um I took a lot away from this interview and I deeply believe all the listeners will as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.